0: Welcome to the Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. We've raised the block. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vin. Talking to you and kind of reading your story, hear your story. I mean, when you think of coach, right? And, and I do a little bit of coaching, nothing to the extent that you do, right? Um, yet, it's all about almost being an extrovert right? Putting yourself out there, being okay with rejection, but you as a person are are more of an introvert shyness and that's something you kind of have to work through. I mean, tell us a little about your company and then we're going to get into basically kind of where you came from and your history.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, my, my own company, um, I'm, I, I, focus on LinkedIn, helping businesses on LinkedIn generate really good leads without being spammy on LinkedIn. Um, But I'm contracted out with a a large social media training agency here in the UK called Rethink Academy. Um, And it's awesome what we do. We we help uh, people all over the world um, come through through our mentorship programs and show them how to basically use um, online. So social media, Uh, online marketing to not only build businesses but for those that already have a business how to just market them online so i would yeah as you say we're just coaching all the times which which i love i enjoy it
0: i mean it it is crazy and maybe because i accepted one but i get inundated with friend requests on linkedin that are like and then you see in their bio because they do a message with you after they did the friend request and it's like 15 times leads and like 20 times leads and it's so it's interesting everyone's little spiel that they try to get you to at least get the conversation going. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, has that been more of a new thing? Cause I've had a lot of people that have, um, taken advantage of LinkedIn and having interaction business to business. And maybe I wasn't really involved in LinkedIn over the last maybe year or so, but it just seems like there's a lot more of companies like that that are, using
1: that platform to, to get leads. Is that
0: a newer thing or has it always
1: been there or? Well, I mean, the, the platform of itself, obviously it's been around for a while and, and people have been utilizing it to generate leads, but it's become more mainstream now. Mm-hmm. And as it's be- begin to, to grow and people understand the platform a bit better now because it's different, it's different than Facebook and Instagram and all those other ones because it, it's, we call it social media, but, on linkedin you're not really there taking pictures of your dog or the food that you ate the night before and all that sort of stuff you know it's it's more business networking and and it's just different so the way that people work it is different and people still have a um it, i always say it's it's probably the most misunderstood as well as probably the most misutilized um online platform right now and so there are a lot of people uh just like anything you know if they You know, if we look back to like the gold rush examples and, oh, it's a new, this new platform, even though it's been around for ages, uh, let's do this and market all this. And so there's a lot of people that are kind of jumping on the bandwagon, um, that, uh, some may have good skills, but other are just new. They're just looking for ways to make money, um, doing something online, and they may not actually have the expertise and knowledge and background of really how to market yourself, how to position yourself in the market, um, how to do things in a non-spammy way. And a lot of people are just using bots. There's a lot of bots out there that you can use, and you just get uh, some generic, boring connection message. And then as soon as you connect with them, you get this sales message. Um, and that's what that's what a lot of people are get just getting fed up with, and but if you use it right, if you use it in the right way, it's a phenomenal platform. It's really really good. So yeah, I guess one of the challenges um, that I have is just competing with a lot of people out there that say they can do stuff, um, but they just may use a a bot, but not really have the experiential knowledge of how to actually properly market yourself, position yourself, frame what you do and do it in a non-spammy way where you're not annoying the context you've just connected with.
0: Now, I'm, we're gonna get into your story. I, I mean, because I've, <laughs> I'm gonna deal with this on a daily basis with people on LinkedIn and they're requesting it. I, one question I, I have for you, how can you, right? And, and maybe look at it for, as a consumer's point. Um, what are the questions to ask people, people like you or people in that industry to actually see if they're really can produce
1: or, or are just basically new to the business, I guess. Well, the first one is just how long you've been doing this, okay. you know, just, just ask them how, what's your experience in it? How long have you been marketing yourself online? What type of results do you get for yourself? Um, cause a lot of people will say, um, this is what we can do for you, but it's based on maybe a training that they've been through or something they've heard. And so, the training might work for the person who's created the training, but they haven't actually done it themselves before. And so it might be new. And I always tell people whether, whether it's, you know, you're doing something on LinkedIn or whether you're a new business, maybe you're uh, a new coach, let's say your life coach, you're brand new, just be honest with people, let people know you're new, you're new doing it. And you may have to charge lower fees, right? We all do when we get started. Right. And, but being honest and do, and, and, and just, Telling people that straight up from the beginning is always better because you will get found out. I mean, people just know after a while, they're like, do they really know what they're talking about? So if you just are upfront with that, not saying, hey, I don't know what I'm talking about. You should have some level of competency, but just letting people know you're starting off with this this is what's going on. And maybe I'm, you know, I'm uh, right now I'm doing some reduced rates until, you know, all that sort of stuff. So
0: is there a word that I could throw out to you? right? That you would know what it means or a phrase, what it means. Like, for example, if, if I talk to, cause I get inundated with being in the real estate business, I get inundated with investors. Hey, if you find a good deal, I'll basically buy it from you, whatever it is. So <clears throat> MAO and ARB. Basically the MAO is the, the pre price, ARB after rehab price. Mm-hmm. Right? And so if, if the investor doesn't know what those terminologies mean, it probably means they haven't been doing it for that long, and they're kind of new in the business. Is there a term or a phrase, something I can ask
1: that someone that's more seasoned would probably know? Um, I, I wouldn't say there's any kind of like acronyms like that, but there's definitely things that you could use. Uh, just saying, you know, what's your um, uh, what's your conversion, what's your connection conversion rate like? Okay. Okay. Or um, do you use any any automated tools to run this process? Okay. And things like that, if if people don't know kind of what connection rates are or um, your conversion rates and they just don't have a clue how to come back to you on that, they haven't done it. They don't know what they're talking about. And and the automation thing will straight away let you know, like, okay, well, they're just using they're just using a bot. And if they're using that, um, there there are some tools that are good for that. But what I've seen or because I've been doing online marketing for 13 years and I mean, this was not from the very beginning of the online marketing industry, but not too far off. I mean, it hadn't been around that long. So it's still a baby as a market. But particularly, you know, 13 years ago, is really, really new. So I've seen software come and go over the last, you know, 13, 14 years now. And 95% of the time, software gets shut down. And because people, again, this just comes from the experience of it, most people don't understand what these platforms are looking for. Right. The, num- the number one thing they're looking for is they want engagement and retainment of their of their customer base, because whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, if all of a sudden our user experience begins to diminish, we're going somewhere else. So if there's things that is constantly annoying their users, spammy messages, um, ads that are being run that just don't deliver value, all that sort of stuff they'll start and they do they'll start uh, um, tightening on on what they're what they're allowing so uh 3 4 weeks ago linkedin made an update to their messaging system and if there's a message that's sent is sent and something in in it they flag up as potentially being spam there's a little thing underneath that message on linkedin now that says this look this message looks like it could be spam mm-hmm. is it or isn't it So they're flagging that stuff up now, and that's going to just become more and more prevalent because they need to make sure that users are having a good experience. Now, some people might go, oh, that makes it harder, more challenging. Well, for people like me and other marketers, we're like, great, please do that. Yes, it can be a little bit challenging. Yes, you have to rework some things you might do. But the ones that are truly there to build business, to really help people and not be in it for a quick buck, I'm willing to learn those the, the changes that have to take place with those platforms because I understand why they're making them. So, if, if you go into that when you're talking to a marketer and you start asking questions along that line, and they're able to understand what you're talking about, they usually it gives an indication that they're they they could be better. Um, but if people just don't have a clue about that, it's just they're new, they don't understand it. They're just like, oh yeah, you can do this and make tons of money and. That stuff just doesn't work,
0: man. Well, I mean, now we've talked a lot about your business and this platform. We got a little off topic. Let's talk about you. I mean, if people sure. listening right now might hear the accent, he's probably not from where you think he's from. Uh, born in Texas, kind of yep. walk through your journey. Uh, grew up in Texas, and and kind of who you are, Jason.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I was born in Texas. Actually, I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, but I moved to Texas when I was really young. So. Um, oh, okay yeah yeah i just i I feel texan so i just yeah but um but yeah i lived i lived in texas um, most of my life so i lived in houston and then when kind of early 20s moved to the republic of ireland and uh, lived in the west coast near galway and lived there for about five or six years and then moved over to the north of england up near leeds now in the in in the uk so yeah my accent's a little bit all over the place and uh you might hear some British or some Irish and maybe an occasional Texas slang there, here or there, so.
0: Being that you, um, your business is primarily online, right? Have you, I mean, it would seem England and I mean, would be an expensive place to live. I and mean, have you ever thought about moving to maybe a more affordable area, especially uh, most of your, your funds come from online, I would assume?
1: Uh, yeah, loads. <laughs> I've thought about, it a <laughs> but my um, so my my kids live here though. They're young, and okay. um, so I'm uh, I i do not plan on moving anywhere away from them until they get up uh, old enough to to be able to live out somewhere on their own. So yeah, I mean um, I've got a great relationship with them. They're they here all, all the time. So me and their mom's divorced now. But um, yeah, if if I didn't have kids here, that kind of grounded me to the UK, I probably would find somewhere else. <laughs> Not awesome. not that I don't love the UK, because I actually love England, but yeah, it is. It's it's an expensive place to live, and there you can. Um, there's probably uh, there's probably better places for cost of living and stuff like that for sure.
0: Wow, uh, putting putting a lot on your kids' shoulders. Hopefully, they appreciate the time you're spending. <laughs> uh, so so walk us through. Um, you're telling us before we got a mic that uh, when you were living in Texas, uh, you had a, a pretty big uh, plane crash that you went through and. I mean, we all go through some sort of struggle, and it seems like that was a a, a big defining moment in your life right there.
1: Can you kind of walk us through what happened there? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it was uh, definitely a um, – well, you don't really ever plan to go through a plane crash, do you? It was definitely something that was different for sure. So, yeah, um, uh, me and – we were in a little twin-engine prop plane. It was actually the first prop plan I'd, I'd ever been in and we were flying from houston to uh clean temple texas uh for anyone that knows where that is and um uh, we were in uh, we were going to check out some some youth facilities we we're looking at some youth community facility type stuff and someone had, was doing what we were looking to do so we're going to look at that and um we were flying over and the pilot is uh, was a friend of mine he was um He's the the dad of a girl that I went to school with, and uh, he was flying. And there was another guy in there, uh, but there was five of us total. And um, there just there was a mismanagement of fuel was the official ruling. Although I, I don't necessarily believe that because I know the pilot was very good at what he did. But um, uh, there was mismanagement of fuel. Both the engines just stopped in the air. Um, we were actually we were coming into uh, we were probably fifteen minutes out from the airport and um um uh, maybe not even that long it's probably even closer than that but um yeah the the engines died and um he was trying to to bring it down i was the only one in the plane that was facing the tail of the plane everyone else was facing forward so i i didn't really see where we were going but we ended up um, crashing into a, a house um, not on purpose but um i learned all this afterwards but pilots are taught uh, to if if you're crash landing to fly in between two trees um uh, because it takes off the wings of the plane where the fuel is stored so that when you crash it minimizes um, explosions and fires and all that sort oh, of wow. stuff. so um that's actually what he was what he was doing. he was he went to flying in between two trees. Um, but from what I was told, uh, the plane was actually built a year before these um, specifications, these laws came into place for um, how planes are built. so the wings didn't Come off the way they were supposed to. So when it hit, um, it hit the right wing, which ripped the whole right side of the plane off, which is the side that I was sitting on, and it 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 torqued the the plane at a ninety degree angle right into the house. Um, so we smashed into that, um, and uh, yeah. So um, three three of the people on there passed away, and uh, me and another guy uh, survived. So yeah, it was um it was a challenging year that year um it was it was very unique how old were you when this happened i was um i do you know i always forget because it was like the year never happened it was so weird i was 22 i think it was so so 22
0: i mean i mean, still i mean really young and what was going on through
1: your your head um during this moment to be honest with you, you know, I thought everything would, was going to be all right. I thought we would just—I I knew you know—we we wouldn't land as normal, but I just thought we would land on a street or in a field or something like that, and, and it would be fine. So uh, while I was nervous, I mean, there, there was no one was freaking out or anything like that. You know, um, there was no panic as far as like ah, you know, there was no screaming or anything like that. It was it was quite calm actually. Um, and because I couldn't see where we were going, I didn't know exactly what was happening. So um, I, I heard a play a noise on the under underside of the plane, and I didn't know what it was. And then next thing I know, I I was just waking up inside the plane. So I mean, it happened so fast, I didn't know what was going on. So, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> so you,
0: the crash happens. Um, some of your your friends, I mean, pass away. I mean, how do you? get yourself back up to to start building a business start working again and doing that kind of stuff
1: yeah Uh, i'm sure everyone that goes through um i'll say a traumatic experience and that's defined different ways by different people i'm sure everyone handles it different ways for for me what i it was really interesting i the best way I can explain is this: Whenever we're planning, particularly, I mean, you'll know this, Vinny. When you're planning for business, you plan ahead. You know, you plan your month ahead, a year ahead, five years ahead, and, and and plan out. Right? You're able to kind of see and plan. There's some forward thinking you're able to have. I wasn't able to do it at all. I couldn't. I'd wake up in the mornings and I couldn't even. It was like this fog by halfway like if i were to imagine what i was doing that day i couldn't see ahead more than four or five hours like Mm -hmm. it just it, it really weird hard to to explain i just couldn't it's like it didn't exist i couldn't plan i couldn't imagine myself doing anything in those four and five hours and it really freaked me out a little bit because even on the plane i was actually um so I was already a business owner at that at that point. I, I had my first business when I was 20. I was looking to go into, um, start up another business. And on the plane, I was actually writing out um, projections. You know, if I got this many clients, what would it mean? What would I need to do to do that? Like I was creating just an informal kind of business plan, writing all that stuff. And then, you know, once a week, two weeks goes by and things don't really settle down, but, you know, it, it, the initial trauma of all it's done I couldn't even think ahead four or five hours It was this fog so what what I did is I thought okay what, can, what how do I get through this and so what I would do is I would go up to the point in my head where I couldn't see any further and I'd push it forward and, and the way that I do it is okay what am I gonna be if I woke up let's say at seven o'clock what, what am I gonna be doing at 11 in the morning? I can't see that, all right? So let me push 15 more minutes. What am I doing at a quarter past 11? And then I would force my brain to think, okay, well, that's what I would do for those next 15 minutes. And then the next day I'd do the same thing. And over a couple months, it built up. So it'd go from, I could see to half of the day, I could see to the end of the day, I could see to the next day, I could see four or five days a week two weeks a month and i just kept focusing and, and forcing my mind it was like it was i don't know how to explain it i don't know if i'm explain it very well now but that's what it was. it was like exercising my mind to be able to see past the fog in my head from the trauma that i experienced and it's not that i was like um I, I, was, I was diagnosed I don't really like that word but I was diagnosed with PTSD um and so it's not like I felt like my life was falling apart I just it was it was unconscious things that were affecting me if that makes sense so that's yeah. what I did man I just worked on that every single day to move forward
0: so I mean you're you're restructuring your brain you're you're almost treating yourself like a like a, a zombie like a robot so you have like every step even the next step the next step. So you're building, you have this, you have this plan now. So now you you know what you're doing every moment of the day. When, when did you start changing it up or have you changed it up where you're actually enjoying the moments again? I mean, does that kind of make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It took me about a year. It took me a year to go through that. And, and, um, around a year, 12, 13 months, uh, one day it just dawned on me that I wasn't doing that anymore. I was like, oh, okay. I I feel wow. Well, I'm back to normal, So, to, you know, quote unquote normal. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was a year. It was it was a a long kind of slog through that process, but it took a year.
0: You're you're also a, a, a introvert, and you I mean you talked about being shy and things like that. I mean, in in those kind of moments, I, I would think too, it, it could be difficult um, allowing people in to understand what the emotions you're you're going through have gone through. I mean, how has, how has that been, how has that struggled? Because I've, I've got a lot of business owners on here that talk about getting to the next level and getting next level. I had an idea, so I found someone that probably has done it already. And I just basically took the call, asked them and asked for help, right? I've heard a lot of stories like that. I mean, being an introvert, being a little shy and going through this trauma, that had to been something kind of difficult to kind of work through too, correct?
1: yeah it did i mean i had a really good network of friends and, and family around me which obviously helped a lot um the the thing for me and and sometimes you can't always um create a, a situation but for this during this time i had a friend still have a friend but at the time he was going through some challenge challenging situations in his personal life and um, I remember we were, this was probably three or four months after the crash. And we were, um, we were just hanging out one night when he was driving me back um, uh, to where I was living. And, and, um, and I just looked at him. I said, hey, man, I said, I just want to ask you something. I said, um, obviously, you know, I'm going through a tough time and you're going through a tough time. So why don't we just help each other through this, man? And let's just be brothers through this thing. And, um, and he just looked at me and he said, okay. And, um, obviously my, my own brother, he's, he's younger than me. He was a massive, I mean, I just can't tell you how much of a support he was through me that time. But, um, you know, sometimes you need more than family just to support you through stuff. And, and we were, man, we were just like brothers and we just, uh, we talk about stuff or just hang out, just go out and hang out. I'm not talking about anything, squatch a movie you know and and having someone there that knew i was going through stuff i knew they were going through stuff and um you know i mean guys are kind of funny about this a lot of times anyway right i mean women are usually much more supo- supportive emotionally of each other and want to talk about how they feel and stuff and and uh, but and it, guys we don't always want to talk about stuff but i knew i needed that person and i knew he needed someone as well and so that was that was awesome I, um Definitely for me and and um from what he's told me, it was it was a, great to have me to support him through that time as well. So are you guys still fairly close? Um, I don't talk to him very often. Um, because I, I live in the UK now. Um he didn't move into Germany and then he's um I think he was living in Canada. I think he's back in the States now. He ended up going into the into the military. Um, but um when we do talk, you know, it's one of those things like when you talk, it, it, it feels like we just there was no time lapsed at all. So we're close that way.
0: Now, another another thing again we've talked about it a couple of times. I brought it up a couple of times about shyness and and being in front of people and um, I mean doing speaking engagements and things like that. What's your process like of I guess getting yourself revved up or getting the mindset right to to do those those activities?
1: Yeah, well, for speaking, it's it, I actually love speaking from stage. It's kind of weird, and um, I, I don't get nervous at all. I actually really enjoy it. Um and, and it's almost like I cannot be myself. Obviously, I'm still me, but it's almost like I'm acting. And mm-hmm. it's like I can be the outgoing. So my my brother's the complete opposite. You know, he's the life of the party. Everyone loved him. He's funny and you know, and I was always the nerd and all that sort of stuff. And so getting up on stage and being able to do that it's like I can change into a, a, a different person while still being myself, if that makes sense. And, um, so that, that's always been quite quite a fun thing for me, but in terms of, I always find it really challenging when I'm speaking with someone one-on-one that I don't know. I find it um, for any other introverts out there, um, you'll know it, it, it's just draining. It's not because you don't like talking to people. It's just, it's just draining. And so when you talk to people and you're, n- you're kind of naturally shy and, um, not knowing how to create those conversations how do you create the small talk and how do you how do you move a conversation on and all that sort of stuff i remember when i was 15 i was in in the car with my mom one day and i told her i was like so mom what what is all this nonsense about small talk i don't get it why why would anyone want to talk about nothing for 15 minutes when you can just start talking about what you want to straight away and yeah. she just started laughing she goes oh you've got a lot to learn and um and i did And, but, but the thing for me is I I've always known Vinny I wanted to help people. I wanted to help. Um, when I moved to Ireland, um, the way I started online marketing, I I trained as a life coach. So I've always really been big into self-development and now I help people through business and which still deals with a lot of mindset. People think business is about just tell me what button to push or whatever, but most of it's mindset. But, um, going through that, and and i knew that if i wanted to impact people if i wanted to help people around the world the way i wanted to impact people i needed to know how to communicate with people and i think in in a way it was a really good thing because it forced me to study people understand humans understand myself better why do i do the things that i do why do why do people interact the way they interact how am i able to connect with people in a genuine way that they know I'm there to help them and and not doing a salesy way but do it in a way where they know they connect with me and um it forced me to learn those things where um if I think I was just naturally kind of extrovert and funny um there'd be some things that naturally come to me but I wouldn't know the how to necessarily teach that to other people if that makes sense
0: yeah no it it makes sense I mean there's a. I mean, I kind of go back and forth in the extrovert, introvert. And I, uh, I mean, I have to be in front of people and have those long conversations. And sometimes like, at the end of the day, I just get drained. Where I'm just like, I just need to be a little bit introverted right now, kind of keep to myself just to, to uh, recycle and get ready for uh, tomorrow. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, so if you could look back at basically that that person um, that 22 year old that, that came off the plane that was going to a struggle. I mean what kind of advice would you give that person?
1: Yeah. Um, th- allow things to work themselves out. That's a big thing that um, and I think in some ways I'm still learning that at times. Um, I think particularly business owners um, we want things now, you know we often project what we want for the head uh, for the year ahead and um sometimes we hit it sometimes we don't and um, i'm sure we, everyone's heard this but, you know we after, often often um, uh, overestimate what we're going to get done in a year but underestimate what we'll do in 10 years that's a famous quote but um it, it's that side of just realizing just stick with the process keep learning and uh, don't don't allow yourself to get emotional okay emotionally attached or swayed by things not necessarily necessarily happening in the time frame that you would like them to happen but understanding that that process is the most important thing because in that process you're going to learn more than having the thing that you think you wanted to have and you may still have that it still may still be a goal for you to have whatever you've set out to accomplish but that journey That does more for your life than anything else. And so I'd tell myself just still be ambitious, still have drive, still do what you want to do, but relax and just kind of sit into it and and learn the lessons that life is teaching you.
0: So so talking about uh, underestimating what you can do in 10 years and that journey, if we're talking to you, let's say in five years from now.
1: Where, where are you gonna
0: be where's JC gonna be where's rethink gonna be
1: yeah um for, well for rethink we're, yeah rethink where we are right now we've, we we uh, rethink was started um, by a, a great friend of mine we actually started online a similar he's from Ir- Ireland as well um and he um, he started this up about 11 years ago and and we've rebranded a little bit but with rethink Academy it started off with helping people online and we're still doing that we're doing that every day. But we're, we're expanding out that brand because we've realized there's a lot of things that the way we're brought up, whether it's education or family or whatever, we're taught to think a certain way. And oftentimes that very thing on the way we've been taught to think is what's holding us back. And so we want to rethink the things in our life, whether it's rethinking social media, whether it's rethinking our finances, rethinking our health, you know, what can how do, you, how do we reframe what we're doing to be able to actually accomplish the things that we want to set out to do? So what we're doing within Rethink now is, um, if you kind of think of dummies, um, you know, the, the dummy guides, so dummies for whatever yep. um we're kind of brand well we are we're branching out in that within rethink so we've got different segments of the organization now we've got um rethink time management rethink money for kids and teens rethink social media um uh, we're uh, getting ready to do a rethink investments uh, rethink health is coming out there, there's lots of different avenues of this that we're working with um with some really key leaders in those particular areas as well and um so five years, we want to see that really go broad with what we're doing to impact um, millions and millions of people around the world.
0: Those dummy books, they're um, fairly like thin, right? They're fairly easy to get through. Is that kind of the plan? How many pages do you
1: think each of these uh, uh, books you're going to put together are going to be? Are they going to be like 100 or...? Yeah. Well, it depends um, on the topic, but it could be a hundred, 200. It's just, it's not like a encyclopedia or anything like that. It's no. it's a book to, to help people with the initial concept of helping them rethink whatever that particular topic is. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to dive deeper into it, we'll have different programs that they can go through um, so that they can dive more into that. Cause obviously, um, you can learn a lot from a book, but obviously with other kind of next level coaching or programs, it just helps people to really dive into that more and understand that. And no matter for a lot of us, uh, I'll put myself in this group. Anyway, I've read lots of books and um, I can apply a lot of that information. Um, But then there's a time when I'm my own worst enemy and I stop myself from moving forward and I know I need to have some coaching or training around that. And I do, I invest in coaching and training. Um, and, and so that's what we're going to be able to help people with in those different areas as well. Yeah. Work on your business and work in your business. Know the difference. Yeah.
0: Uh, So so what's the best way of if someone's listening right now and they're want to look for one of those books, look for the coaching, uh,
1: look for something that that you offer, Rethink offers, what's the best way of them finding information? Yeah. So the best way, um, we have the Rethink social media book. And, um, if you go to rethinkgift.com, um, you can download the first four chapters of that just to get a taste of what the book is like. So that's rethinkgift.com. Um, so I definitely recommend people going there. And and of course, if people want to connect with me, um, the best way is LinkedIn. Just go look for Jason Osborne on LinkedIn, send me a connection message. Let me know you heard me on on, your, on this podcast and be happy to connect with you there.
0: Perfect, well thank you Jason for, for being on the platform. And, and all of Jason's information, Rethink is gonna be in the description. So if you're listening to us on Google Play, Stitcher, uh, or watch us on YouTube, whatever platform you're watching us on, uh, the information will be in the description. So thank you again Jason for being on the podcast and hopefully uh, everyone listening can rethink what they're doing now and look for a simpler way. Thanks everyone. Yeah.